1: Hi. so today you've got Tracy from Impacto, you've also got Dan Bentley, and we're going to talk to you all about failure, and not just, you know, failing and how awful it is, um, we're actually talking about failure specifically around it being a belief, and it's really time that you gave that up.
0: I agree. You know, failure is a mindset, it's a belief, and it's a way people are looking at the world and looking at situations and events, and that's what we want to unwrap today, is just to go, well... You don't have to look at it that way. In fact, if you don't look at it that way, you'll actually be a hell of a lot more innovative and be more willing to take risks and do things different. Because at the end of the day, there's a whole heap of guilt associated with that word. You know, you're growing up, people go like, that person is a failure or that business was a failure. If you really break that down, it's not a final destination. Failure is just something that happens. In life but if you don't choose to call it failure and you don't choose to look at it as failure then it doesn't have the same negative impact on you and your organization than if you do look at it that way the concept of failing and the guilt that's associated with that is something that is in our heads and other people's heads and the example that we talk about a lot is riding a bike right the first time you went to learn something failure is associated with learning right The first time you wanted to ride a bike, you're not going to have just got on it and just ridden down the street and done a bunny hop or something, you know, over the curb. You would have fallen over. You would have needed training wheels. Your feet would have been going off the pedals. In that moment, you're not thinking, you didn't go inside and tell your mum that you're a failure. You didn't go and tell your friends that you failed. You just were like, I learned how to ride a bike on the weekend.
1: It's interesting because when you were talking about it not being a final destination, the piece that actually is bad is the giving up. Because that's the final destination and if viewing failure as something so bad that you've got to actually stop, well then that is the piece that's actually leading to the badness which is that final destination which isn't a good place, which is the giving up. And so if you can think about your mindset and you can think about the way that you frame up failure to yourself in a more positive way, well then you're skipping that step which is the end that's not good, you know, you're being proactive around making sure that you're comfortable enough not to give up and that you keep trying things.
0: Yeah, that's so true. If people are able to give up that concept and just really believe that it's learning, you don't get those guilt and that other those feelings that are associated with it. You literally just keep moving because you don't take it personally. You know, if you truly are looking at it from that perspective of this is part of the learning process, you know, this is the part of building anything, changing anything, is this thing that people are associating as failure. It's it's a part of life. You cannot avoid it. If you're trying to avoid it, you're going to be just keeping going with the status quo. That is the absolute crux of this thing. If you are able to look at it as learning, this is what successful organizations and successful people are able to do, is they look at it and they go, I'm learning how to do this. I am going after it, trying to achieve this thing they don't look at it as failure. They go, oh, that didn't work. All right, I'll try this next time. Okay, that did work. It works. Or maybe it didn't work again. I'll try this thing. It doesn't have that emotional and that negative view on it. They literally just keep going. They're just looking at it as trying things, experimenting, testing, all those types of mindsets is where you really want to have your head, not as in like, oh, damn, didn't work. There's something wrong with me or, oh, damn, there's something wrong with my people or my organization or something like that. You just got to- keep going but it's hard to do that if you look at it from that perspective and it does start beating up your resilience and start depleting your your resilience tank I guess
1: yeah I think there's that famous quote pretty sure it was Thomas Edison when he was inventing the light bulb and he said you know I didn't fail 10,000 times. I just learned 10,000 ways that wouldn't work. And really, if you think about it, it is quite often a process of elimination. Sometimes you might be really lucky and nail it first go, but it's way more common that it is a process of elimination. You're going to have to try something and then try something else and then try something else. And if you think about it as a process and you're building onto it each time, then that's really good. But I think sometimes what happens with leaders when we're talking about you know encouraging experimentation and encouraging failure is they get this idea in their head but won't that make my team want to make mistakes all the time like you know don't we have to make sure that we're encouraging people not to fail but have you ever seen a situation where that actually works Dan?
0: No we worked with an organization a while ago and they were putting together a strategy and one of the things in their strategy was we will not fail more than 60% of the time or something. And I was like, mm, I see what you're trying to do. However, that's not really sending the right message. Uh, <laughs> you can fail, but you must succeed greater than 40% of the time or something. Yeah, it's not really the right way to think about it. And they were going on an innovation journey and it was better than where they were. They were probably saying that you had to succeed 100% of the time. So it was it was in the right direction, but you get what I'm saying, right? It can't be conditional like that. You know, if you really want people to try new things, you're going to be, have to be okay with them that they will fail. And that could be a lot of times. It could be 10,000 times if you want to invent something as revolutionary as the light bulb. Now, that's how many times it might take to learn the right way, right? We should just even stop using the word fail for the rest of the podcast because, you know, it is learn, right? He learned 10,000 ways that don't work. And you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, okay, but it could be costly. Like if I've just got people making these mistakes and what is the impact that's going to have on our clients and what's that impact going to have on our people? It's about doing it in a way where people can test things and try things in a safe environment and a controlled way so that the risk associated with that failing is not high. That's the other side of that coin. Don't think that we're suggesting just to go out and like flip your organization on its head and do all this super experimental stuff that's going to have an impact, you need to do a risk assessment and think about what you're trying things is going to impact people, right? That's the other side of it. But you do that properly, you can allow people to fail as many times as they want because it is in the right environment. It's not going to have a huge detrimental impact on your clients or your supporters or your people in your organization. There's a way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think the, that's the piece that's really important here, isn't it? It's around creating the right conditions that will allow people to experiment safely. And that way you can have that learning and you can build off of that and become really innovative and really clever without putting your entire organisation at risk. But even when we think about failure and mistakes and things like that, when we treat them all exactly the same way, regardless of the conditions or the circumstances, well, then that's a real concern as well, because if you've set it up properly, then you really are safe to fail as often as you need to, to be able to get to, to that great endpoint. Are you looking for innovative ways for your organisation to deliver more impact? Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment.
0: If a leader of an organisation has a mindset and they believe in the concept of failing, what impact do you reckon that has on the people working in that organisation?
1: This is something that we see a lot, and that is where the leader has, I guess, a mindset that gets in the way of them facilitating innovation. And the first thing I see is when people connect, this experiment didn't work the way we wanted it to, and this is what we've learned. If they look at that as, it failed, it was my idea, I failed, I'm a failure, Now, all of a sudden, they're connecting dots that shouldn't be connected, but that reverberates throughout the entire organization. And people then see it's not that something they tried didn't work or didn't have the outcome they were expecting or hoping for. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm a failure. And then people get very protective and they look for somebody else to blame. And you know once that starts happening, your culture is dead in the water and you're not going to be able to create innovative new ways of working and delivering impact for your clients.
0: Yeah. Especially when people start getting in trouble, something is tried and it doesn't work. And then it's like, who did this? Who did this? That sort of thing is really detrimental for culture. People just go like, well, I'm not doing that again. I got in trouble last time I tried to do something better. Again, there obviously are situations where if someone has had a really big impact and they were negligent or something like that, then like that's, that's different. But I think if, you know, we're talking about what we talked about before where it's like people are just trying something new and it's done in a, in a way that is a good way of trying th- new things and a sensible way of trying new things, then those people should be getting in trouble. They should be talking, what'd you learn? What'd you learn there? Rather than why'd you do that? Because if you're giving them that, why did you do that? They're not going to do it next time. Like we said, you do anything new, You're not going to get it right the first time. Learning is part of the process. It's as simple as that. Do something new. That's innovation, right? Learning is part of the process. Don't look at that little bit as failure. It's learning. It's part of the process. You can't avoid it. We've never worked on a project that we've got it 100% right the first time like we have created whatever it is we're creating.
1: But the great news is that because we do that experimentation, we're often able to actually save organisations a lot of time and money by discovering what's not going to go according to plan early and therefore they're not wasting resources developing something that's not going to lead to the desired impact so that's a great example of where you actually seek failure like if if something's going to not work you want to know as soon as you can and you want to actually be able to put steps in play to change that as early as possible
0: yeah doing it in that in controlled environment like we said in that experimental type way of thinking like you said it's going to help you find those issues that are there so that you can make things better. Like, you know, like I when I said, we haven't got anything 100% right, it might be 90% or 80% or like it's on the right track. But if you hadn't have done that exercise before, we've knocked out a whole heap of issues with the concept prior to that. So it's better than what it would have been. However, there's still always some more stuff that you still need to tweak and get right. And that's that whole idea. And then once you've like launched whatever it is that you're creating, you got to then have that evaluation type mindset of like, how do we just keep on getting more information, keep on improving it, improving it, improving it. That's the mindset. It's not, oh, well, that thing didn't work. Back to the drawing board. Let's hold the people accountable that had that idea. Let's never do that thing again. That is the absolute worst way of doing it. And you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, but who does that? I'm telling you right now. It absolutely happens. In this day and age, not talking about years ago, this day and age, that happens in organizations probably more than a lot of people think.
1: It's interesting because I was actually uh, talking to somebody that I was mentoring two weeks ago and they had an issue in their organisation and she had come up with a really innovative way to resolve it. She spoke to her leader and the director was like, "Yep, yeah, absolutely, that's an amazing idea, go for it. Anyway, so she progressed to the next stage and really it was as simple as she didn't communicate a piece of what was happening to somebody and that person then got kind of looped into the conversation later on and rang her up and was all full of you know I can't believe that you're progressing and you you know you had not run this past me and her exact words to me were within my organization they want us to be innovative and this is my first go doing something like this and she said and I can tell you now next time I'm just going to do what I'm told. I'm just going to, you know, follow the bouncing ball because the way I feel at the moment is it's just too hard. So, yes, absolutely, it does still happen.
0: Powerful story. Mm. you know and what's the cost what is the cost when you've got your people thinking that
1: just the immediate cost for that one is that the rest of that day she couldn't work she said i don't know why it upset me so much she said but i went to go to the next meeting and i went to say something and i just i got really emotional and i just sort of had to say look something's come up you know she was working from home so she just sort of ended that call she went to bed she spent the rest of the day in bed because she just felt like she was a failure but all that had happened was she'd missed a step in a process that was easily rectified.
0: I think as well to the broader organisation too, if you haven't got people that are continuously able to and feeling empowered to change things, the cost is huge. You know, your organisation is just standing still managing the status quo. You know, if you're not getting better, then you're staying the same and the world's changing around you. So it seems like such a simple concept, but this is something that we just really wanted to talk about today because it's something that we just got to start letting go of this idea. It's not helpful. You know, I love listening to podcasts where you hear artists, you know, musicians or even business owners or anything like that and hearing their story of how they built what they are now successful for, right? And those stories are always filled with learning. They never got it right the first time, you know, they launched this thing and it didn't do anything. And, you know, they were working out of their garage for the first three years or something because, you know that's just how things work. No one flukes this stuff the first time. And when I I use the word fluke, because it would be an absolute fluke, you got to keep just working at stuff. You got to keep experimenting. You got to keep trying. You got to keep learning. That is what we're all doing in this world. you know. Yeah.
1: I think where we see it come a lot is often when we're talking about testing things and they're worried about, presenting a non-polished version of a program, for example, to potentially people who might be using that service. And they're worried about, you know, what people might think of them, perhaps if they end up not progressing, because, you know, it's not going to work. Or, you know, if they're showing something to somebody and it's not in that real polished final version that they're going to think, oh, you know, maybe you don't know what you're doing because, you know, this thing isn't as good as I was expecting it to be. But the reality of it actually is is that, People love to be involved and they love to be able to provide feedback and they're so reluctant to provide feedback when you actually give them that final version because they feel like, you know, they've missed their opportunity. So often we spend a lot of time working with our clients, encouraging them to share with people those rough first drafts so that they can actually be involved in the creation right from the very beginning, not creating something, polishing it, finalising it and then showing it to people for feedback
0: yeah and look the secret to that is is how you frame this up you know if you're going to show something you're going to get feedback from people if you're going to allow people to try and test things it's all about those people that you're testing with for them to know that it's a test you know like that for them to know that your organization is doing this to make things better for them and when they've signed up they know that that's the case if you get that right no one turns around and says, "Whoa, what was this?" You know. And if they did, they've been really unreasonable. You know. If you really communicate that clearly with people and you set those expectations well, people are like, "This is great," and they will just give you so much gold that you're just going to be like eating up, going, "Oh my god!" Imagine if we had have done this without their help. You know, that would have just been so so difficult to do. And yeah, you're going to get all that rather than the old way of doing it, like you said, polishing this thing and going, oh, yeah, we're so proud of it and then putting it out there and launching it and then all these people having problems with it. By that time, it's often too late. You're just better off to get things in front of people. Get them in front of people. Frame it up that you're looking for feedback. Don't go into that as well thinking, I don't want to fail (laughs) because people are going to feel that. You've probably got a friend or a family member who's really scared of failing. Like they're always trying to keep themselves looking perfect and they've got everything under control. You feel that vibe, right? You know what I'm talking about. You feel that vibe. If you are in that session or you're that interview or whatever it is you're doing and you're sitting there going, what do you think? People are going to be like, oh, it's good. No, nothing. I think it's perfect. But if you're literally going there with that learning mindset and you're like, hey, let's just talk honest here. I need your help. We're trying to make our services even better for people that like you. And we've got some ideas, but we're just we're not sure, but we, we need your feedback. Then if you have a sort of a conversation like that, people will go, all right, I get it. I get what this is. If they're feeling the vibe from you that you actually are open and you are in that learning type mindset and that learning type position, they'll work with you and they'll go, yeah, I'll give you what you need. But if you're sitting there and you're shaking and you're thinking, oh, geez, I hope they don't say anything bad about this. Maybe my team have been working on this for the last six months. Well, you're going to get what you're looking for, but it's not what you need.
1: (laughs) Yes. And, you know, sometimes you have to actually check yourself. You know, someone could be giving you feedback and it's really valuable feedback and it's really important, but you can sort of start to feel that you want to explain to them why you've done what you've done (laughs) so that they understand it. (laughs) Because it's not that it's not working, it's that. They don't understand what you're trying to do well enough. If you find yourself starting to think like that, that's always a really good indicator. You're armoring up, you're beginning to get defensive and you're worried about failing. So at that point, you know, take a deep breath, have a glass of water and actually focus on what do I need to learn here? What is this person, you know, sharing with me that's of real value that I can take away? Not, you know, how can I explain to them that the way we've done it is actually best even though they don't think that it's that good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a choice, right? We can take responsibility. If we want to keep buying into this way of thinking, then we can just keep living our life that way. You know, we often like to talk about what what can you do from here? Like, how do you do what we're talking about? It really is just acknowledging that within yourself and going, you know, if this is something that you do have this mindset, just taking responsibility for it and going, you know what? From this day onwards, I'm not going to think of it that way anymore. I'm now going to look at it for what it is. And eventually you'll be able to reprogram how you think and your brain. And you'll be able to sort of get to the point where you're like, hey, I don't actually see it as this scary thing. And it will take time and it will take persistence, but it's not failing if you are trying not to fail. It's learning. It's learning not to fail. Learning not to think about failing as failing. That's what you're trying to do. Reprogram yourself to learn how to not look at it as failure anymore. And then if you can do that, you're going to see that permeate throughout your whole organization. You're going to see people reacting differently to you. You're going to see yourself reacting differently in different situations. You're going to come a lot more curious and a hell of a lot more open to new ideas and innovation and experimentation and all those good things that we encourage and we know work and are just part of life if you want to do something new.
1: Yeah, like starting with the right mindset, but also sharing that with other people. And I agree, you know, let's, let's even stop using the word failure and start talking about learning because whilst you can spend a lot of time trying to reframe language, you know, sometimes it's easier just to choose a different word because then your brain thinks differently and it's a lot easier. You're sort of removing that natural association. So start talking about learning with your team, start you know, having the focus be on what people are learning, but also take responsibility for managing the environment and making sure that people have those safe places and removing risk of those learning and those experiments. And I think the other thing is, yeah, it always starts with you. So think about like starting with your own mindset, because even if you think that you're sort of shielding people from that as Dan said before people can can get the vibe so you know let's channel our inner castle and make sure that we're thinking about the vibe of the thing as well
0: yeah good vibes good vibes only people all right that was cool really enjoyed that chat Trace hopefully everybody that listened in got some new ideas and were able to sort of through the podcast shake you about and just kind of go come on like you can just drop this thing you can do it And you're going to see huge rewards and benefits from doing so. So thanks so much for listening in. Really enjoyed it. And yeah, we'll catch you on one of the next ones. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.